What time does ALE go on? Uh, I think we start at 11.15. Ah. So, I mean, if we're leaving here about like 10.15, well, we should probably leave at 10. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know what you're going to wear? Um. Oh, my God. I was like just dicking around, toying with the idea of wearing my Mawashi. Oh, God. And then just like, you know, just <laughs> jumping up around like all naked, screaming around. But I don't know. I might just wear what I got on. But I was heavily considering it. <laughs> You're going to wear your Mawashi to your Yeah. Show? I mean, our first show that we've had in like two years, you know, and like I never did anything too outrageous in this band. It's not like, you know, my old band, you know, where I would uh, just get butt ass naked and, you know, douse myself <laughs> with fucking you know, whatever I was drinking at the time and just smashing into people. It, it turned into like some crazy naked and, and not not really naked, like sexual naked, but just just drunk and nude. Just like for the natural sake. and free and inebriated. Very inebriated. <laughs> we uh, had this one venue. Um, oh, gosh, what was it called? Uh, the Oatmeal Collective in Oklahoma City. And um, there was I think it was bread and water from Dallas, which is kind of, you know, funny. And then there was BG, I think, and they were from Arkansas. Anyway, um, everyone got, oh, and it was this building is cursed from Lawrence, Kansas. I remember now. Okay. I might be conflating a couple different shows. I do remember this building is cursed was there because they were like just completely flabbergasted why they were in like a whole warehouse full of nude people. I mean, everyone (laughs) was nude. And it was just like this giant swirling mosh pit of just like naked stinky folks. Oh my God. It was hilarious. And then like there's a couple guys, you know, standing with their arms crossed in the back, like, Psh, yeah, like we're, they too, were cool too cool to get, cool na- to get naked. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And there were some guys, you know, screaming. They were like going, hardcore not Woodstock, hardcore not Woodstock. Oh, and then, whatever. <laughs> but nobody cared. They just, we were just naked and it was great. And um, there was a guy, uh, Dylan, I think, it, yeah, Dylan, but he was just like, man, why do you guys in Oklahoma just get super drunk and then just like bang each other's brains out all the time? You guys are just, you know, just too rowdy. It's Oklahoma. I, it's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> what the hell else is there to do? <laughs> what, what What's funny is because he woke up hungover and naked, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, so I, you know, if I don't have the sauce, I guess I really don't have the urge to get that naked. Unless, of course, it involves violently pushing and shoving somebody else, you know. And there are mosh pits in there, so I mean, I could... I don't think they're going to let naked mosh pits happen in that venue, though. I don't know thing. if rubber gloves would it allow naked mosh pits, but they might allow scantily clad mosh pits. Okay, so that means I can wear my booty shorts. <laughs> right? Yeah, booty shorts and a mawashi, and then, you know, I don't know. It depends on how many people are there and whether or not they would care if I'm naked. Well, partially naked. I don't know why, but that reminded me of that time we went and saw Witch Haven at the liquor store. Oh my god, that was great. And they were playing literally just between the aisles of the liquor store. (laughs) God, Ditton is amazing. I can't wait to move back there. I missed it. Hi, my name is Sabrina, and I'm really surprised I'm this close to the edge of hungover off of only three beers. (laughs) Weenie. Shut up. And this is Matt, and I feel fucking great. I didn't Ah. do anything. I just just sat there and hung out at sodas. Well, this is Sumo Sumo Punks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't need to I don't need to hear your your bragging about <laughs> not feeling like shit. Well, we stayed up way too late last night finishing out the basho. We were at the homie Sean's house, Sean from Dallas Sumo Club. Big ups to Sean and his amazing vegan chanko. That oh, was yeah. badass. Oh, and that mochi, that oh melon God. mochi was so 
fucking good. I think if it weren't for that mochi, I probably would be like right over the edge of hungover. Oh. <laughs> I think I would feel like shit right now. And then we wouldn't even be recording. I'd be like, just put it off until Monday. <laughs> but it was it was pretty awesome. He has a pretty big ass, very high def TV where you could see every single little dimple on the wrestlers. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> you, you ever wonder what like the skin quality is of these guys? Watch that shit in high def. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty badass, though. It was a whole lot of fun. We stayed up way too late. I ate really good. Yeah, it was it was super fun, and his dogs were oh, those were the nicest just obsessed dogs. with me, and his cat was also <laughs> obsessed with me. Pinto and, gave her a back massage. Yeah, he kept giving me back <laughs> massages on the back of the couch. And anyway, so this is the end of the Basho. We. That's what we were doing last night. We were watching day 15. And I can't say that a week ago, I would have predicted that it would have turned out the way that it did. I know. It was just completely just chaotic. It was. It, it was, really was order attempting to coalesce out of disorder. And that transitional phase was just chaos. Yeah, it was bonkers. <laughs> and so uh, we did keep track of our fantasy picks and we did keep track of a few other bouts because this was just so wild. The potential for a four-way playoff was looming over and that was, I mean, that didn't happen, but we did have playoffs for, uh, I think it was Jonokuchi and Joni Don and Jurio and then potential for a playoff at Michael Uchi, but there was none to be had. And another thing about this particular Basho is all of the weird calls by the Gyojis and the, yeah. the Shimpans and just a lot of debate over what the actual conclusion of some of those bouts was. Yeah. Did Wakataka Kage actually brush the sand with his hands? Did Takakesho's toe lightly brush the clay outside of the doyo uh, or outside of the ring? It was it was just wild. It just so much gray area there lots of yeah. uh i would say no there were some bad calls there were some bullshit calls there was some you know i think there should have been some um some gyoji decisions that needed to be reversed they should have just spanked them right there on the fucking dojo they should have just like fucking hakaku should have just taken like each gyoji and just bent him over his knee and just whap 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 now, have you learned your lesson? Now to think I would actually pay to see that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> for all the weird things I'm into, you're into... Uh... Never mind. Um... <laughs> all right, so we're going to go ahead and start by doing a quick recap of who our fantasy picks are before we get into the action. Yeah. So mine, of course, Yokozuna was Terano Fuji, Ozeki was Shodai, Sekiwaka was Abi, Komusubi was Hoshoryu, Maigashira 1 through 5, I picked Kiribayama, who actually did really well. Uh, then Maigashira 6 through 11, I picked Wakamoto Haru, Maigashira 12 through 17, I picked Oho. All right, and mine, uh, of course, Yokozuna Terano Fuji, Ozeki Mitakeyumi, Sekiwaki Wakitakakage, that's just so fun to say. <laughs> Komasubi Daesho, Maigashira 1 through 5, Takayasu, who let me down. Mm. Maigashira 6 through 11, Tochino Shin. And Maigashira 12 through 17, Midori Bucking Buji. Who was like surprisingly fun to yeah, watch. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> badass. Just like a little pit bull. And this is his first time in Makuchi, is isn't it? it? No, I think he's been in here before. Oh, okay. So this isn't his first time. Still though, like coming up from Jurio and doing this well, I yeah. was I was pretty proud of him and he wasn't even one of my picks. He was one of your picks. <laughs> it was still so fun to watch. And speaking of Jurio, we do have our boys from Jurio that we've been watching, Atami Fuji and Inho. Go ahead and tell us uh, at least one of the outstanding bouts that Atami Fuji had. Oh, man. So since the last time, Atami Fuji, at least, I mean, this is the bout that I thought stood out the most, and it was when he got his Kachikoshi. Other than this bout, uh, he had some pretty textbook standard sumo, but he did it with such confidence, such strength, just, you know, such ferocity. I just... <sighs> 
Really liked what he brought to the table this tournament. He was really fun to watch. It didn't seem like he was as nervous as he was last time. Yeah. Anyway, so day 12 versus Dai Shoho. Dai Shoho put up a good fight, but Atami Fuji always displays superhuman strength and youthful exuberance. At one point, Atami Fuji attempts a throw, but Dai Shoho defends with great balance. So Atami Fuji just has to win it with brute strength with the Yorikiri, which secures him his Kachikoshi. He nice. ended the tournament out at 10 and 5. Good job, Atami Fuji. Super proud of you. Can't wait to see you up in Makauchi. Speaking of people who've been in Makuchi, Inho had an interesting basho this time around. Some notable bouts from his second week, day 12 versus Chiyo Arashi. Inho went in low and fast at the Tachiai, secures a deep right hand grip, and delivers a Shitatenage, giving Chiyo Arashi his Makikoshi and staving off his own for another day. But then on day 13, he goes up against Tohakryu. Incredibly energetic Tachiai. It looks like Inho wins by Uwatanage or maybe Kakanage. The Yoji calls it for Inho, but the judges then call a Monoe and then a Tori Naoshi. So they have to do a rematch. In the rematch, Tohakuryu gets a hold of Inho's arm and just Bends him out of the ring like like a sideways tornado with the <laughs> Sukuinage. That was Kachikoshi for Tohakuryu and Makikoshi for our boy Inho, who ends the tournament at six wins, nine losses. I was a bit disappointed, but he just needs to step his game up. He just needs to just get a little bit faster and diversify his tactics. He's got the potential to get back to Makuchi. I mean, we all know that he does. Yeah, every Basho since he went back to Jurio, I've just, I've been rooting for him. Like, come on, guy, you just, you got to get over whatever this mental block is. You got to, you know, diversify some more. I don't know what his deal is, but he's still fun to watch. Oh, he's always fun to watch. He is. All right, so we will dive into Makouchi, starting from the top, going down. So first is Yokozuna Terunofuji, his notable bouts for week two. Day nine versus Tobizaru. Tobizaru does a bit better against Terunofuji than he did Hakuho. Still, <laughs> Teru was able to lift him up by his armpits and carry him out of the ring for an armbar force out. Kimadashi victory. Day 11 versus Abi. Kachikoshi for the Yokozuna with this thrust out win against that lanky beast Abi. Day 12 versus Wakataka Kage. Teru essentially just neutralizes every single one of Wakataka Kage's attacks. They lock up for a brief moment, but that only gives Teru the opportunity to reassert his grip and carry his opponent out. Technically, this is one of my guys beating one of your guys, by the way. Whatever. Even though, I mean, we both have Terano Fuji, it's still technically. <laughs> you see what I've been putting up with? <laughs> Day 13 versus Takakesho. Takakesho gives the Yokozuna a wild fight, almost scoring a pushdown win, but Terano Fuji is able to resist his hijinks. Gives Takakesho a good shove that sends him stumbling back, and then... They just kind of stand there staring at each other for a few moments until Takakesho mm-hmm. claps his hands in front of the Yokozuna's face. I don't know if it was like a deflection tactic or just a signal, all right, it's back on. Either way, Terunofuji ends up winning this one by Yori Taoshi, pushing Takakesho dangerously close to Makikoshi. More wins than losses. No, that's more losses than wins. Oh, more losses than wins. Yeah, I think what his deal was, was he was like, okay, I don't just want to be like like Tobizaru was when he went up against Hakuho that one time. So let's let's give a, a strong indication that like I'm still in the fight yeah, instead of like... Clap. <laughs> I he just, did the right thing with his hands, unlike Tobisaru. Yeah, just kind of like wiggling his waving magic through the air at Hakuho, which just kind of pissed him off. Yeah. <laughs> Hakuho's just like, come on! Well, Terano Fuji ends up actually winning the Yusho. And yeah, 12 and 3. Yeah, 12 and 3. 12 wins, 3 losses for our Yokozuna. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the other Rikshi in this Basho didn't do phenomenally. Of course, he's a Yokozuna. You know, you kind of expect him to win. (laughs) But it was a very close call throughout the entire tournament this time. Especially with uh, Takanosho and Sarana Umi and Mm -hmm. just just that whole crew. It was just like, there was no way of knowing. There was no way of telling how it was going to go. Couldn't tell. Yeah. No. 
So, uh, like I said before, I had Shodai as my Ozeki pick. Some notable bouts from Shodai this tournament was Day 9 versus Abi. Abi went for his usual Notawa attacks as Shodai tried to push forward. And then it seemed to me like Shodai lost his balance at the same time that Abi tried a pushdown attack. But by then, Shodai had built up so much forward momentum just trying to stay on his feet. And Abi really wasn't paying attention to where his own feet were going. So that's when Shodai was able to easily Oshidashi Abi out of the ring. <laughs> I'd say not the best sumo from either one of them, but I still get a point either way <laughs> since they were both my picks. And Shodai was nice enough to grab Abi before he fell backward off the doyo because he's such a nice guy <laughs> and that's why I love him. Oh. And of course I love Abi because he's kind of a bad boy. <laughs> but anyway, day 11, Shodai goes up against Tamawashi. Shodai wins by Tsukiyotoshi thrust down, but it's kind of funny because he then ends up tripping over his own momentum and doing a half-assed cartwheel of some sort. <laughs> Still manages to avoid Makikoshi, which is, you know, more losses than wins for at least another day. Then on day 12, he goes up against Tobizaru. Tobizaru, the leaping monkey. The macaque. Macaque. <laughs> Tobizaru tries to leap to the side at the Tachiai, but Shodai is able to grab the back of his Mawashi. They both end up tumbling off the doyo. The Gyoji gives it to Tobizaru, but as far as I could see, it looked like maybe the top of Tobizaru's foot had touched the Tawara at around the time the side of Shodai's leg landed. So the judges call a Monoe, which results in a Torinaoshi rematch. Shodai wins the rematch by Oshidashi, staving off Makakoshi yet again, and inching Tobizaru toward the precipice of his own Makakoshi. Then on day 13, Shodai goes up against Mitake Yumi. Unfortunately, Shodai could not avoid that Makikoshi until the end, because as much as he tried to resist Matakiyumi, he was driven out with a Yorikiri by the fellow Ozeki. Day 15, he then goes up against the other Ozeki, Takakesho. Shodai puts up a good fight on the last day, and he may have even been able to win this one if luck had been a little more on his side, as the Gyoji declared Takakesho the victor, but was then followed by a Monoe. There was some question as to whether Takakesho's foot actually touched the clay on the outside of the Tawara as he was trying to pull Shodai out, and you could see it just barely a millimeter away if he did indeed avoid it because who knows they've been making some questionable calls this bajo <laughs> for real but takakesho's tsukiyotoshi win and by extension his kachikoshi was declared valid shodai ends this basho with a score of five wins 10 losses. Aww, uh, I mean... But you know that means he's just gonna kick ass next tournament yeah, to keep exactly. his Ozeki status. So of course I'm gonna pick him again because I'm always <laughs> gonna pick him. You oh. just gotta be careful of his flip-flopping. It's okay. He's just, he's playing his own game. Okay. He knows what he's doing. He's like, hey, I'm gonna put forth the least amount of effort for like the most income that I can get being a Richie. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. I mean, so, I can't say I, I blame know. him. I don't really know how the income works, but, but you know. <laughs> that's what I would do. Anyway. It's all for the money. <laughs> sure. All right. So then we get to Matake Umi. Matake Umi, day 10 versus Tobizaru. Started out as an intense grappling battle. Lots of Yotsumo action. Lots of belt grabbing and pulling. Tobizaru tries to maneuver for what kind of looked like a kakanage, but with his leg on the outside of Matakeyumi's instead of inside. Not sure if that has a specific name, but either way, it did not work. Matakeyumi <laughs> had better leverage with his arm over Tobizaru's left shoulder, which allowed him to push Tobizaru out of the ring for a beltless arm throw Sukuinage win. 
day 14 versus Takakesho. Perfect Tachiai by Takakesho, who gets perfectly wedged under Matakayumi and gently but swiftly slides him out of the ring. Matakayumi gets a Makekoshi, more losses than wins, and Takakesho is now the Ozeki with the most wins and Nanasho Nanahai, 7-7, seven and seven, going into the final day. Day 15 versus Terra no Fuji, Matakayumi just couldn't compete against the Yokozuna. He was carried out of the ring in a Yorikiri win for Terra no Fuji, no question about it. So Matakayumi ends this basho at 6 and 9 and is also Kataban. Kataban. I saw that meme where it was like, it was from um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? You know, where they're like uh, with the little nooses around their necks and then Shodai's just looking at Matakayumi going, first time. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Now on to the Sekiwakes. My Sekiwaki pick was Abi. On day 12, he went up against Matakiyumi. It was over pretty quickly. Abi does his usual Abizumo and wins by Oshidashi against the Ozeki. That's two out of three Ozeki he's beaten this Basho. Of course, the other was Takakesho, which kind of makes me wonder, Abi, why didn't you do better than you did (laughs) this tournament? Anyway, day 13, he goes up against Ura. Ura comes in low. Abi is able to keep him at bay and then knock him off balance and push Ura out for an Oshidashi win. Abi gets to just one step away from Kachikoshi while Ura gets a sprained ankle. Oh. Yeah. With a score of nine wins, four losses, Ura ends up having to withdraw on day 14. Doctor's orders. Oh. Well, at least he, you know, got his Kachikoshi. Day 14, Abi goes up against Kotonowaka. It looks like Abi went in a little too low, at least for a big lanky boy like him, giving Kotonowaka a chance to knock him off balance and toss him out for a Tsukuitoshi win that put Abi at Nanasho Nanahai, seven wins, seven losses on day 14. Will he get his Kachikoshi? Or will he get his Makikoshi? Well, that all depends on Wakatakakage. That doesn't work. Never mind. Anyway, Wakatakakage, day 10 versus Shodai. Wakatakakage was able to get Shodai up against the edge of a Makikoshi after this fight. This coming the day after, he was able to defeat another Ozeki, Takakesho. Shodai would have to win all five of his remaining matches to avoid it. Looks like one of my boyfriends was able to put one of your boyfriends in a tight spot. Well, it certainly didn't help since Shodai's Kataban now. Aww. Again. <laughs> Day 11 versus Matakeyumi. This was a seat edging match. Nice meat smacking Tachiai. They grapple for a bit. Matakeyumi gets Wakatakakage up against the bales and tries to force him backwards. But Wakatakakage recovers and immediately gets Matakeyumi to the edge and attempts an Uwatanage overarm throw, which Matakeyumi is able to resist. They end up at a stalemate in the center of the ring until they start to struggle against each other for a bit. Matakeyumi goes for a desperate arm pull, but that only gives Wakatakakage the chance to Yori carry his ass out of there, defeating another Ozeki right after the last one. Day 14 versus Ura. As previously mentioned, Ura had suffered a sprained ankle and was therefore Kyujo as of day 14. Easy Kachikoshi for Wakatakakage. Yeah, lucky bastard. <laughs> day 15 versus Abi. Abi was playing the part of the leaping monkey in this one, hopping and thrashing about after a classic Norawa Tachiai. He's one point away from Kachikoshi and Makikoshi, so he's holding nothing back. But then Wakatakakage gets his hands on Abi's belt. They lock up for a bit. And you could see it on Abby's face. You could see him thinking, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? In a flash, he tries to get an arm inside, but Wakatakakage is too quick for him. They hop around in circles until Abby has lost all grip on strategy, giving Wakatakakage the opportunity to escort him out of the ring and possibly out of his career high Sekiwaki rank as he hands Abby his Makikoshi. Final score for Wakatakakage is nine and six. And the final score for Abby. Was seven wins, eight losses. Oh. Yep. All right. Well, let's take a look at how our Komusubis did. I had Hoshoryu. Some notable bouts for him. On day nine, he goes up against Takayasu. I don't want to compare him to his uncle because he's his own person doing his own brand of sumo. But 
you were saying he looks like he's channeling Asa Shoryu in this one. He was being mean. <laughs> he was being super mean. He takes a lot of Takayasu's Supari to the face and then armbar throws Takayasu out for a Totari victory and just mean mugs the hell out he of did. him as he's walking off the doyo afterward. Maybe Hoshoryu just really doesn't like getting hit in the face. I mean, nobody <laughs> likes getting hit in the face, yeah, but true. I mean, he was just just mean mug the shit out of him. And that was just like his sumo just had a just a mean edge to it. And it was just like, yeah. But I know, I know like you don't delicious. want. I was. I know you don't want him to grow up to be mean like his uncle. But mm. it just seems like sometimes that gets the job done. I suppose in the moment, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll give him that. Day eleven, he goes up against Takanosho. They both struggle for ring supremacy, but in the end, Takanosho was able to rock Hoshoryu's balance enough to gain a win by Yori Taoshi, frontal crush out, and the lead for the Yusho with a day eleven score. Of nine and two. Then on day 14, he goes up against Aoyama. Hoshoryu takes some brutal facial supari from Aoyama. Then Aoyama does some bizarre thing. He lifts his his right leg up and then just does a little <laughs> spin around and allows Hoshoryu to do a rear push out to Okuridashi. And win the match. Not sure what the logic was there by Aoyama, who has been actually doing quite well this boss show, but it did give Hoshoryu his Kashikoshi, so I'm not <laughs> complaining. Then on day 15, Hoshoryu goes up against Kiribayama. Hoshoryu isn't so lucky in this one, as he stays low with a grip on the front of Kiribayama's Mawashi. Kiribayama is able to get a grip on the back of his belt, twist him a bit sideways, causing his foot to slip and his knee to land on the dojo. Uwata Hineri for Kiribayama, and I get a point either way, because I've got <laughs> both those dudes. Hoshoryu ends this basho with a score of eight wins, seven losses. All right, and then we have my Komosubi pick, Dai A Show. Day 9 versus Kiribayama. Daesho making Alanis Morissette proud as an infamous pusher thruster with this ironic loss. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kiri a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Kiribayama won this match by pushing and thrusting Daesho, which is not his usual method as a predominantly throw-oriented ricochet. My boyfriends just keep slaying the fuck out of your boyfriends. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like I should just pick like really good guys. But anyway, anyway <laughs> day fourteen versus Sarano Umi. The crowd is fucking fired up for this match. They're all rhythmically clapping as the two Rikishi prepare to fight. Sarano Umi at this point is one of the three leading Rikishi, and Daesho is in second with a few other Rikishi as well. Very energetic Tachiai. Daesho is able to gain some ground on his opponent rather quickly, but Sarano Umi comes back at him rather too low, giving Daesho the opportunity to smack his ass down. Hitaki Komi win for Daesho, putting them both in the second place slot. Final score for Daesho, 11 and 4. All right. Then for my Maigashira 1 through 5 pick, I had Kiribayama. Day 11 versus Tobizaru. They were entangled in a game of cat and also cats. <laughs> I don't want to say cat and mouse because they were both very cat-like. They're both just fucking wily, really. Kiribayama tries for a pull-down, and when that doesn't work, he tries for an Uwatanage overarm throw, which only worked to knock Tobizaru off balance, but it was enough for Kiribayama to drive him out with a Yorikiri victory and a Kachikoshi. Day 13 versus Tochin Ocean. Kiribayama gets both hands on the back of Tochi's Mawashi right off the Tachiai. They lock up briefly, but Kiribayama is able to drive his opponent out, giving me another point against one of your guys. So, eh. Mm -hmm. Kiribayama ends the tournament with a final score of 10 wins, 5 losses. All right, then we get to Takayasu. I was disappointed in this his performance this Basho, especially given what he did last tournament. He was just so... 
he was, you know, got a June U show. I was kind of expecting something like that, but I think he was just in his own head. Yeah, and he was on fire last show, and this one is just, I don't know if he was depressed he didn't win the last one or what, but Definitely, it was kind of hard to watch. It was. Well, on day 10, Takayasu versus Daesho. It was over pretty quickly. Daesho wins by Tsukiyotoshi thrust down, which resulted in a monoe, but the Gyoji's verdict stood. Makikoshi for Takayasu. Not really anything else this interesting about Takayasu in week two. His performance was quite the opposite this Basho of what it was last Basho. His final score, six wins, nine losses. And oh my gosh, remember we were sitting with Sean and I was like... Or no, I was saying, man, if I was one of his senior wrestlers, you know, like back in the day and, you know, we were looking at his back hair. Like there's not a whole <laughs> lot of rikishi that are as hairy as Takayasu. I was like, man, I, I just. Say. True, true. <laughs> I would have taken some like clippers and then just like shaved the kanji for party, you know, and Takayasu's <laughs> back hairs and stuff. No, that's just too cruel. That's I could... mean. <laughs> well, Don't do Takayasu that way. If I was his senior wrestler, I, I, I probably would have. Oh, that's He's so lucky mean. that I'm not. I'm older than him, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Well, my pick for Maiga Shira 6 through 11, I had Wakamoto Haru. Day 11, he goes up against Sadanumi. Wakamoto Haru gets both hands on Sadanumi's Mawashi, but Sadanumi is unfazed. He just lifts Wakamoto Haru as much as he can while driving forward to the edge of the ring. And then as they meet the Tawara, he lifts up a leg behind him for balance and tips Wakamoto Haru off the dohyo and claims his own Kachikoshi. Radnaumi beat up one of my boyfriends. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> then on day 13, he goes up against Azumaru. Nice, solid, meat-smacking sounds as they collide at the Tachiai. Wakamoto Haru was in full control the entire time and just escorts Azumaru out to gain his kachikoshi. Day 14 versus Ichiyamamoto. Ichiyamamoto gives him an unyielding nodawa off the Tachiai. They end up locked up for a bit. Wakamoto Haru, with a right-handed belt grip, tries to slip his arm under his opponents to grip with the left hand as well. But Ichiyamamoto tries to drive forward at the same time, and they both fall off the dohyo. A monoe is called after the Gyoji calls it for Wakamoto Haru, but it's determined that Ichiyamamoto stepped out before either one of them landed, so the verdict stood. Uchari win for Wakamoto Haru. Day 15 versus Kochinawaka. Wakamoto Haru comes for Kochinawaka hard from the Tachiai. <laughs> hard. <laughs> but a bit too high up, giving Kochinawaka the chance to grab his belt and Yori Kiri him out of the ring. It was at about this point last night that <laughs> I was halfway through my third dos equis. <laughs> or would it be dos y medio equis? <laughs> uh, and I. Uh, she I, was screaming at the TV. <laughs> She was just pissed off that Kotonowaka beat up one of her boyfriends and she had to get all bent out of shape about it. I was. I was yelling obscenities at the TV. <laughs> Either way, Wakamoto Haru ends this tournament with a score of nine wins, six losses. All right. Then we get to my pick. I had Tochinoshin. So, day nine versus Wakamoto Haru. From the second they collided at the Tachiai, they just locked on and tried to outmuscle each other, which is a really bad idea when going against Tochinoshin. Mm-hmm. Toch just kind of seemed amused and just lets Wakamoto Haru struggle a bit before bunny humping him to the Tawara and then just pancaked his ass out, <laughs> just straight up flattened him. I'm surprised he didn't give him a Wakamoto hernia. God. Day 10 versus Sarana Umi. They go at it like a couple of Komodo dragons, except, you know, without the tails and toxic spit, <laughs> each expending all of their strength. But Toch was able to give him just a little more. Sarana Umi almost had him there for a moment, but Toch was able to Yorikiri Sarana Umi out of the ring. Day 12 versus Miyogiru. Very standard sumo for, for Toch, who gets a Kachikoshi win on day 12. But then, as you had already mentioned, loses against Kiribayama on day 13. <laughs> Pff, whatever. <laughs> Tochinoshin finishes out the tournament 
with his Kaji Koshi at 8 and 7. Then for my Maigashira 12 through 17 pick, I had Oho. On day 9, he goes up against Kotokuzan. Oho wins this one using straight up goat tactics. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he just headbutted Kotokuzan all the way out of the doyo and just, he just rams him like over and over <laughs> again. Now that is some Iron Goat Sumo. Shout out to Iron Goat Sumo <laughs> in Washington. I mean, that's just the best description for it. It really, really. was. Just it's, goosh, it's just coincidence that, you know, <laughs> they got those guys up in Washington. All right. Then Oho goes up against Kotoeko on day 11. Oho does his little pre-bout twerk or hip gyration or whatever you want to call that. I don't know. It's cute as hell. Oh. He and Kotoeko spend the majority of the match trying to outmuscle each other. He then tries to go for a pushdown attack, but Kotoeko uses some nimble maneuvering to resist. Oho then locks up Kotoeko's arms, but Kotoeko don't care. Oh, no. He flips Oho right the fuck over and out of the ring. It must take a shit ton of core strength to be able to do something like that with your arms locked up that in the position he was in. That was pretty badass. Yeah. Day 12, he goes up against Ryudin. <laughs> uh, Ryudin, that skank. fucking notawad my baby boy oho out of the ring and had the audacity (laughs) to get his kachikoshi in the process that shit was rude as hell (laughs) i'm so mad Then on day 14, Oho goes up against Tobizaru. I think Tobizaru is just mad that he got Maki Koshi on day 13 and wanted to drag someone else down with him because he was pretty relentless going after Oho. Oho put up quite the resistance, however, but it unfortunately just wasn't enough as Tobizaru was able to push him out with a Sukidashi giving Oho a Makikoshi as well. Aww. He ends the tournament at six wins, nine losses. All right, and then we get to my golden boy, mm. Midori Fuji. Yeah. All right, Midori Fuji, day nine versus Chiyonokuni. He's like a rabid Wolverine. He has no <laughs> fear whatsoever. As soon as he had a grip on Chiyonokuni, it was like he was calculating weight and balance until he seized his opportunity to throw. They called him Monoe, but it was confirmed that it was Midori Fuji's win. Sukuinage beltless arm throw. He's small but fierce. Yeah. Like a like an angry badger. Or like a pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> He's so just aggressive. He's kind of kind of like the new Inho a little bit. Yeah, this this whole uh, breed of giant slayers. Yeah. I, I I don't know there's just something about sumo whenever you see those stronger, more agile, you know, small dudes just take on, you know, just the giants. Dudes that are like two, three times bigger than them. That is really satisfying to see. I, I, I kind of get why why people love the giant slayers. And then we have day 12 versus Nishikigi. Midori Fuji starts out aggressive right off the bat. Nishikigi is reaching for a belt grip, but Midori Fuji just starts laying into him, like immediately masterfully controlling the entire bout to get Nishikigi into position to pull off a perfect Kataskashi, his signature move. Day 14, we have Midori Fuji versus Chiyo Shoma, the Hinka King. Midori <laughs> Fuji latches onto Chiyo Shoma's Mawashi from the Tachiai, refusing to let go as they dance around the doyo a bit until he tosses Chiyo Shoma out with the Shitatenage and wins his Kachikoshi. Day 15, they just had to pit. Two of the guys that I've been rooting for the whole tournament <laughs> make them fight each other and Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, it's sumo. That's what happens. Yeah. Anyway, so day 15, Midori Fuji versus Tochinoshin. Toch thinks a forearm blast to the face will actually phase Midori Fuji, but he just ends up grabbing that arm and tosses Tochinoshin's punk ass out of the ring with the kata skashi. Midori Fuji's final score... Nine wins, six losses. He did really well. You know, nine and six. He really did. That was 
he was just so badass. Sometimes it just seems like if he just got caught at the wrong angle by someone that was just a lot bigger that, you know, he would just kind of, you can't just take a giant hand to the face like that and expect <laughs> to just stand in the same spot, you know? So, I mean, of course, physics sometimes got the better of him, but I just really enjoyed watching him this tournament. He was just so badass. I think I do have a new giant slayer in my heart. Oh. <laughs> well... I guess it's time to look at the tally and see who won this one. Looks like uh, I was in the lead after week one, but uh, now I I have 57 points for all my guys. I have 61 for all of my guys. Damn it. After she was like, even on day 13, it was either day 12 or 13 where you were still beating me. Damn you, Kota Nowaka! <laughs> it's all your fault. Damn you! <laughs> she was screaming at him last night, just verbally on fire at Kota Nowaka, beating up her boyfriend and ruining her fantasy score. <laughs> I'm gonna have trace more ickies tonight, just to have, just to be able to cope with it. Maybe even quattro more equis. <laughs> Mas equis. But congratulations to Terano Fuji on another you show. I knew it was going to be you. Oh, you did, did oh, you? Oh, I did. Actually, I... I don't know if I put that in the uh, in the in Nemo's Discord. There was a you know you could just play for fun, regular you know fantasy, and then there was one where it's you're betting everything on who's going to take it all, who is the U show winner going to be, and I don't think that I answered that. I'm gonna have to go back and check. If I did, then I guess correctly. Because a lot of people thought it was gonna be. Either Sunomi or... Um, Aoyama. Uh, well, yeah, Aoyama did very well in this Basho, uh, surprisingly. Uh, Takanosho oh, also yeah. was a front runner, at I, least until Sunomi got a hold of him. I did see but, that thing that Grand Sumo Breakdown was talking about, how there could have potentially been a four-way playoff if things had gone a certain way. Unfortunately, it didn't yeah, go that way. Yeah, saying that. That would have been fucking cool. <laughs> but there were a whole lot of playoffs today. Uh, well, last night, whatever. But it was... Uh, still today. Yeah, Jonokuchi, Joni Dunn, and was it... Oh, and Jurio. Those, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it was just Makushita and Makauchi were the only ones that didn't have a playoff. Well, we did have some honorable mentions. And dishonorable mentions. And dishonorable mentions, yes. On day 12, we had Kotokuzan going up against Teratsuyoshi. Off the Tachi Eye, Teratsuyoshi dives right for Kotokuzan's crotch. <laughs> like he was probably going for the Mawashi, but he aimed a little too low and just kind of got Kotokuzan right in the no nose. He tries to correct himself and grab the belt, but Kotokusan gives him a flurry of Supari to the face and to the chest, knocking him away. It looks like Teratsuyoshi apparently didn't have anything else planned <laughs> because he kind of just starts running away. <laughs> like he's trying to escape Kotokuzan's fury. I but he catches Kotokuzan's hands in the face again and tumbles to the clay. Frontal thrust down. Tsuki Tayoshi win for Kotokuzan, who on day 12 is actually a. Two and ten. <laughs> yeah, I guess having his sack tap is pretty motivating for Kota Kuzan. Would probably motivate me. Sack tap. Ah! You bastard! <laughs> All right, day 13. We had Kotonowaka versus Tobizaru. Tobizaru seems to be a little more in control of this bout than Kotonowaka. That is until Kotonowaka gets a grip on the back of Tobizaru's Mawashi and attempts to throw him out of the ring. Tobizaru narrowly avoids stepping out by doing a complete 360 spin at the edge of the Tawara, but before he could recover, Kotonowaka was already on him and pushed him out for an Oshitaoshi victory, giving Tobizaru his Makikoshi. Then on day 15, we had Sanumi versus Takanosho. Dun, dun, dun! Sanumi at Magashira 12 with a 10 win, 4 loss score. 
goes against frontrunner Takanosho, or one of the frontrunners, because uh, I think Teronofuji was still frontrunner then, goes up against Takanosho, who is a Maegashira 4 with a score of 11 wins, 3 losses. Sadanomi is immediately able to get a belt grip and toss Takanosho and his <laughs> Yusho dreams right out of the ring with a Sakui Nage, giving them both an ending score of 11 and 4. Outstanding sumo by Sadanomi, this Basho. Seriously, Radanoumi just did amazingly. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I've seen some other tournaments, and it's just like, oh, yeah, he was just kind of there, you know, just being a rank and filer, just rank and filing. But he really <laughs> stood out this time, and I was like, oh, shit, there's a reason why he's in the upper division. Yeah, I, I kind of get it now. Yeah. Aoyama also ends up doing much better this Basho than we've seen him in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Aoyama did great, really. Really, really great. Ends up with a score of 10 and 5. I'm still not sure if they're censoring his nipples or (laughs) if they're just censoring them sometimes or if Aoyama just has particularly elusive nips. (laughs) Please send us your opinions on this important matter. No, seriously, I've seen on YouTube and they were just um, I think they were uh, the Grand Sumo highlight someone uploaded but it looked like that they were censoring his nipples like you could see the blurry spots kind of following like maybe a millisecond behind of where his nipples were going and then other times you could just see the goat eye just you know just kind of <laughs> looking at you so goat eye. I, I don't know if it's if I mean okay in a couple of instances I have seen straight up censorship of his nipples Definitely send us your opinions on this because it is very important to us that we hear what you think of Aoyama's nipples. Seriously, (laughs) Aoyama's nipples. All right. Okay. So we're going to dishonorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We definitely have a list of dishonorable mentions as well. Like uh, Kotonowaka versus Hokuto Fuji on day nine. Way surprised there wasn't a Monoe because Kotonowaka's heel definitely made contact with the outside of the ring while both of the soles of Hokuto Fuji's feet were still on the ground on the inside of the ring. Gojis are just making all kinds of weird calls this tournament. I don't and know then, what it is. Yeah, the Shimpons are supposed to, uh, you know, say, hey, you know, if you see something, say something. Shimpons? That's their job, but they're just, they're, I don't know, maybe Aoyama's nipples are just too distracting. <laughs> the goat eyes. <laughs> All right, then we had Wakataka Kage versus Takakesho on day nine. Another questionable match. We went through the video several times, and it looked really looked to us like Wakataka Kage's fingers hit the clay just briefly when Takakesho went for that pushdown attack. Wakataka Kage wins. Poor Takakesho gets a bloody nose when maybe he could have won that one. Even yeah. though, yeah, even though this was one of my guys, I had to call this out just because it was just so egregious. Like you could see the like dust. Yeah, a little dust from, cloud. Yeah, the little dust cloud from where his fingertips just barely grazed the clay. Yeah, but, it's just them things that make you go, hmm. Well, day 12, we had Aura versus Takakesho. And this is why we just cannot keep our eyes off of Ura. Pretty weak Tachi eye, admittedly, which is typical for Ura. You know, a lot of Rikshi don't even try to have a more forceful Tachi eye with him just because Ura is so wily. wily. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they're they're just too wary of him, really. So Takakesho gives him a good notawa, but Ura resists. They struggle a bit. Takakesho gets Ura against the bales again and goes in for the kill with a frontal pushout, confident that he had just won the match. He was even strutting a bit. Mm. Ura, however, actually pivoted on his left leg to spin his right leg around behind him, avoiding making contact with the outside of the ring, but being knocked off balance in the process, flailing wildly to stay upright as Takakesho, unaware of what's going on behind him, gives him the win by stepping out. The judges call Monoe, but it's pretty clear that Uro was the winner. Yeah. There was there was no way that the the shinny tie the dead body rule could apply in this. Nope. There nope. was there was no expert technique that you know had Ur losing complete control or anything like that. It was just 
Takakesho just stepped out. Yeah, he just he stepped out of his own volition. I made that mistake once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was bad. Well, I mean, we were we were arguing about it. There's a uh, Dallas Sumo Club video of me versus Dakota, and <laughs> I I did the uh, the was it uh, the Tsuridashi, You know where you pick mm-hmm. them up and then just lift them out and plop them outside the ring. But, but you weren't aware of what your feet were doing. I was not. I had and him all. that's very important. I had him lifted up and then I stepped out of the ring. So there's a camp that says that I won because of the Shini tie, that he was just completely, you know, there was nothing he could do to recover. And um, there were others that say, well, I stepped out. I lost. So I don't know. It's Sumo can have some very... Even though the rules are simple, sometimes they can They're be a bit murky. flexible sometimes. Yeah. All right. We also had all of the weird calls by the Gyojis and the Shenpans. Yes, as our unhonorable, dishonorable mentions. (laughs) Even though there seemed to be more Monoe's called than usual this Basho, or maybe because of it, there were some really weird calls going on. For a few of the matches, there was no Monoe called when there really should have been. There really should have been. And then I think they were getting a lot of shit for... For calling Monoese, or they were getting a lot of shit for not calling them Monoese, so I think they were just calling them, you know... Kind of willy-nilly. Yeah, so... Like, we had stuff like uh, Shodai versus Hoshoryu on day eight, and then uh, Wakataka Kage versus Takakesho on day nine, you know, the stuff that we've already talked about. And in a Basho that's been such a tight race up until the end, it just... It makes me wonder how else it could have ended, how yeah. it could have gone differently. So in all of our side, our parallel universes, the tournament ended <laughs> completely different ways. The sumo multiverse. <laughs> the, the sumo multiverse of madness. <laughs> More like the sumo multiverse of mataness. Oh my god, I know, right? So that's another dishonorable mention. All of the matas in this tournament... <laughs> It seems like every day there was, what, like two, three matas, at least in... In Makauchi alone. And matas are false false starts, if you don't know. I'd say it had to be at least uh, maybe around 30 for the whole bacho. So that would be an average of, like, what, two a day? Yeah. Right? A particularly egregious example of this was when Endo went up against Hokuto Fuji, and Endo just lightly touches the clay with one hand and then immediately (laughs) stands up and just sort of casually walks over to Hokuto Fuji, who's just <laughs> squatting there like, huh, what? Uh, what's going on here? Endo still ends up winning that one, staving off his Makikoshi for another day and bloodying Hokuto Fuji's face in the process. But it's it, it was just such a recurring theme, mata after mata after mata. And I'm wondering if maybe that also has something to do with how close some of these races were because people were, were just kind of getting people off their game. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody seemed to be off their game. There was just lots of weird energy and uh, a lot of just off-the-wall stuff happening, just mistakes being made. I think the clay was slippery in a couple of spots. You know, there was a whole lot of slips, a whole lot of losing balance, and it was just all over the place. It was just a roulette wheel, pretty much. But it was awesome. I loved watching it. I was not disappointed. I was disappointed in the performance of some of the Rikishi, but not in the tournament overall. I thought it was a whole lot of fun, and just the mystery, the whole anticipation, just not knowing made it that much more enjoyable, at least for me. Yeah, some of that stuff was like edge of your seat sort sort of shit. Other than that, though, that's pretty much all we have to say about this tournament. Uh, Matt's got a show to get to with yeah. his band, got to scream around and play loud music. So we'll just leave it at that. Thank you so much for listening to us. Definitely stay tuned for next week's episode where we will be continuing our DIY Sumo Club interview series. Uh, But until then, you can find us on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, what have you. Sumo punks are at sumo punks, except for Twitter. Which I fucked up. So that one is at punk sumo. You can also email us at sumopunks at gmail.com. And punks is always with an X. Yes. Until next time. Bye. Bye.